Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors and today we'll be talking about a whole bunch of different films. We're going to be starting off with Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Ball, but we're also going to be talking about the films Everything, Everything, we're also going to be talking about the cat in the hat knows a lot about camping, Transformers, Robot in the Skies, and Captain Underpants. But like I said, we're going to be starting off the show with Diarrhea of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, and we're going to be speaking to Maria, who is 17 and lives in Miami. So Maria, what did you think of the next installment in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series? Well, I had mixed emotions about this film because I'm a huge fan of A Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and I was excited to see this film, but when I found out that they changed the cast, I went into movie theater and not sure if I was going to like it. Overall, I did like it. Uh, they had many funny scenes, but I wish they could have kept the old cast. Yeah, and I know there was a lot of social media that kind of got really mad at this. There isn't even a hashtag and everything. So I have to ask you, you would you say you prefer the old cast over the new one? Yes, I I would say that I prefer the old cast. And why is that? Does this one feel like it doesn't fit the roles as much or the old one was just funnier? What do you think makes this one worse? Um, well, don't get me wrong, the actors and the actresses of this new cast, they're good, they're talented, but I just feel that they don't have the chemistry um, that the old cast really showed. You know, it's important that they have a chemistry and that it shows that they're a family and everything. And I feel like the old cast really um, did a job of portraying that. And I feel like this new cast kind of, kind of, like the chemistry wasn't there. Yeah, that is disappointing since it's a very connected family and there's a lot of friendships going on in the movie there. You definitely need some sort of chemistry. But aside from past and present films, overall, how's the acting? For some names, we have uh, Jason Drucker playing the main kid, Greg Heffley. We have Owen Azultes playing Rowley. And we have Elisa Silverstone playing Susan Heffrey and a lot of other people. So how did they all do as the characters? Well, Jason, who plays Greg, I feel like he did a fantastic job. Um, he really did a great job in portraying the character, you know, fun, um, trying to attend his Creator game convention, and besides Greg, my other favorite character of the film was uh, the older brother. I I really loved his character and his charisma. In fact, he was probably my favorite character and my favorite actor in in the film. And that would be Roderick Heffley, played by Charlie Wright. Yes. That's kind of interesting, because I remember before the film came out, people were the most mad about Charlie Wright. So you think that despite all the kind of hatred before the film came out, he did good? Yeah, I feel like he did do good. I, I felt the same way. I was kind of mad that they took, like, they changed Podrick. But after uh, watching the film, I was fine with it, because he did a great role. I feel like his character and just really the way that he uh, played Roderick was great. 
Well, that is very good to hear. And another huge part of Diary of Wendy Kid, aside from the acting, is the comedy, since it is a comedy film. So how is the acting, and like we've been doing throughout the show, how does it compare to the previous films? Like the comedy, I feel like the comedy in this film was a bit too much in the sense that it's a bit too cheesy. I feel like some, like some parts, they were funny, but I feel like other parts that were just too cheesy and maybe, I don't know, maybe it, it was not my type of, like not my type of humor, like because you know, since I am 17 years old, but maybe like, like the this scene, a younger, a younger audience. I think it was uh, hilarious. Very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now we're talking to Maria about the new Diary of Wimby Kid film, Diary of Wimby Kid The Long Haul. And we are talking about the comedy and how it reflects the previous films since there is quite a gap between this one and the previous in the series. Maria was talking about how it's a little more cheesier, maybe meant more for younger kids, and it's a little more forced. That, and so Maria, my question is, what do you think the age range is based off that information? Um, I would definitely say the age range will be maybe between kids of the ages six to twelve and maybe thirteen, but mostly to the younger kids. So this isn't probably a film where both the kids and parents will enjoy it. Yes. I see. Well, what would you say your favorite scene in the film is? Um, my favorite scene will have to be when the family gets to the motel and they see that the motel is dirty and messy and they're all like shocked and disgusted and also when Greg in the motel he goes into the wrong room which causes a huge disaster and just causes more issues. Hmm. Well that sounds kind of funny. And would you say that this is mostly a comedy film or is there any other genres or do you think it's just comedy? No, I feel like it's just, uh, it's a comedy film. I see. And how many stars would you give this film and why? Um, well, overall, despite maybe the characters that I'll prefer, but overall I'd say it's a four out of five. Uh, it's funny, um, the characters, personality and charisma, I feel like are very, are very different and unique. And, but I definitely recommend this film to the younger audience. I see. And I noticed that this one kind of takes a more modern aspect than the previous ones because it goes to a gaming expo, which is a very modern thing. And the other films always had kind of the standard older style. So do you like this more modern style or do you think you like the older one better? I think I like uh, the older one better. And why is that? For me personally, I feel like I can relate to it more instead of this gaming convention and I feel like uh, like the things he did in the past in the past film were things like like normal kids do and that they can relate to it. Yeah, that is true. Not all kids in the world go to gaming conventions, but a lot of kids go to arcades and different things exactly. like that they had in the previous ones. I agree. So would you say that they should make another one or do you think they should just say, okay, this series had its its moment, it's done and we should just end it? I feel like they should just stop it, although maybe they are the author might write more serious. I feel like as for the film acts aspect, I feel like they should just stop. You know, I see. I feel like that's very common for a lot of series that after a while, it's just come on, guys, just finish it off. It's, it's time for it to end. 
Now, would you say that there's any sort of special effects or anything in this film? Uh, I didn't really see any special effects. I felt like it was much more, much more simple and just put in, like, when they edit it, I feel like they just put it up very simple and just put the clips together. I don't remember seeing any special effects that caught my attention. I see. And who would you say your favorite character is? Definitely the older brother, Roderick. And why is that? I can relate to Greg as being the youngest in the family. So I feel like Roderick reminds me of my older siblings who like, we get along, but yet they like to tease or do like small things, like just small siblings things. And overall, he was just so funny and his character very different and stuff. So I love I love Roderick's character. So in the in the first film, Roderick and Manny to Greg, they were kind of very mean. Greg was a very had a terrible experience of being a middle kid. And it didn't seem that realistic to me anyway. In this film, does the relationship in the family feel realistic or does it feel a little fake? No, I feel like the, uh, the relationship in the family does feel realistic. I didn't really feel like um, it was forced, like the relationship. I feel like it was realistic. Um, they had like that love-hate relationship between the brothers, but it wasn't to an extreme that made it unrealistic. Well, that is good to hear. Thank you so much for talking to me about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's take a break. I'm Joe Yours, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. This show is sponsored by Boy and Dinosaur. If you'd like to check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, it's now in theaters near you. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids vs. Come Instructions. We were just talking about the film Diary of Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, and now we're going to be talking about another new film, Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. And we're going to be talking with Tristan and Alejandra on this. So, Tristan, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. 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 And so, Alejandra, what did you think of the film? Um, honestly, it was very nostalgic for me to watch the film because I used to read the book series when I was little, and I just loved watching how they managed to bring the book to life in a film. Yeah, I completely forgot the series existed. When I saw them making a film, I was like, oh my god, the nostalgia is so real. I mean, just for nostalgia, I'm sure this film will do amazingly. So, Tristan, what did you think? So, I've never read any of the Captain Underpants books before. Like, when I was a little kid, I never read them. So, coming from an outside perspective, I wasn't a huge fan of the film. There were a few comedic elements to it that I liked, but other than that, I didn't have a great impression of it. Hmm. So, you think maybe nostalgia could be playing a part in the, how good the film is? I think I think it definitely could, just like any kind of film. Like, for instance, some of the Lord, Ring, Lord of the Rings movies. Some of my friends absolutely hate those films. I don't know why I'm a huge fan, but that's probably because I read the books and I understand it a lot more. And that's kind of what I'm putting on in this movie a little bit. Hmm. And Alejandra, do you think if you're a fan of Captain Underpants, you can enjoy this film better? Yes, totally. I mean, if you're a fan, if you're following the book series, and then you're excited about the film coming up, I think it affects a lot whether whether you like the film or not. Hmm. Very interesting. And uh, Tristan, can you tell us the story? So the story is is that these two best friends go to the same school, and their principal is one of the worst principals ever. And they have their own comic book series called Captain Underpants. And um, the under, they were being threatened by their principal to be separated and put into separate classes, which they believe would end their friendship. So they actually hypnotize the principal to turn him into Captain Underpants. And they go on an adventure with him and kind of fight bad guys. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, I really love the plot. It was just so funny and so unique. But Alejandra, one of the biggest parts of this was the comedy. So how do you think the comedy is? I think the comedy is, um, I mean, um, Captain Underpants is for about a range, like an age range from 6 to 11. So I think the comedy, the jokes they use in the movie are appropriate for those kind of ages. So just kind of like our previous film, Diary of Wimpy Kid, it's meant for kids, but it's not really a family film. It's just meant for younger kids. Yes, it's just meant for younger kids. Diary of Wimpy Kid, it's more of a more of a fam- like to watch with your family. Captain Underpants, I think it's for more kids. I see. And Tristan, since this is an animated film, what is the animation like? The animation's the animation actually looks really nice. Uh, it's kind of done like in a cartoony style. The animation, I was a huge fan of it. I, I like films that are uh, animated like this. Like, The Boss Baby came out earlier this year, and it had kind of a little bit of a similar animation style to that, and I really enjoyed the animation style. Yeah, you know, I love 3D animation that looks realistic, but there's just some sort of charm about 3D animation that looks cartoony and fake on purpose. 
that you can't find anywhere else, which is what I love about it. Yeah. So, Alejandro, what do you think about the voiceover acting? We have the wonderful Kevin Hart playing George, and we have Ed Helms playing Captain Underpants, and there's a lot of other people. So what did you think of the whole cast in terms of voiceover? I think that all the voiceovers, I mean, all the actors and the people that um, brought to life these characters, I think they were chosen very appropriately. I mean, you would look at the characters and how they were drawn and how they were um, illustrated, and you could... It was appropriate. Like, you could, okay, this character fits, like, this voice fits perfectly with this character, like, um, according to the appearance. I think each character, they looked for a voice or a person that had kind of the same um, characteristics, so they would fit in. And I really liked it. I agree. Based off the trailers I saw, it did look like the voice actors really fit the role. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and right now we are talking to Tristan and Alejandro about the brand new film, Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. And so far we're having different opinions on how it does. Alejandro, a fan of the original book series, seems to like it more, and it may be due to nostalgia, it may be due to previous information about the series. But Tristan, my next question for you is... Was there any confusion ever about different references or characters since this is based off a book series or comic series? I think there are probably a couple references I didn't get because, you know, I didn't read the books. It was pretty easy to pick up the plot of the movie because it kind of started at the beginning um, before Captain Underpants had become a superhero yet. So I like how they kind of started at the beginning, which some superhero movies like Marvel and DC, they don't, they don't really start with the origin of their superheroes, that they're, the stories that they're telling. So I like that they did that, this in this movie. So that was kind of easy to pick up on. The plot was pretty simple from there on out. But I'm, yeah, I'm sure there are a few references to the books that I didn't get. Alejandro, was there any references that fans could look forward to? I think that, yes, totally. According to what the film showed, I think um, fans and viewers of the film could look forward to Very cool. And Tristan, how many stars do you give this film and why? I gave it three out of five stars just because I wasn't a huge fan of it because like, I didn't have the nostalgia factor going for me. The comedy, like Alejandro was saying, earlier was for a lot younger audience and if I put myself as a little bit like a younger kid I can see that would be pretty funny to me but the one thing I didn't like was there wasn't like a variety of humor it was pretty much just that one type of humor the animation was good um some of the voice the voice acting was really good they had an all-star cast the plot the plot was pretty simple but that's why I'd give it three out of five stars I see. And Alejandro, what do you think? How many stars do you give it? I give Captain Underpants a film 5 out of 5 stars. I think it deserves it because I wasn't expecting this movie to be very great because, I mean, some some books that are brought to life aren't, aren't accurate or they're not well made. But I honestly think that they did a really good job in this in this film. So kind of interesting, two different opinions for our viewers to look at. Now, another question for you, Tristan, is since this is a more action kind of superhero-oriented movie, and it is a kid's film, how does that kind of play out to you? Do you think that it fits in its kind of genre, even though it's meant for kids? I think, yeah, superhero movies are definitely becoming a genre now. It fits in a superhero comedy 
I mean, it was, it was pretty good. I, I think Big Hero 6 could have been taken as a superhero comedy. I think it fit into the comedy uh, category very well. It It's probably the youngest age audience uh, superhero movie that there's ever been, probably. And I think it will give something younger viewers to give, to look forward to, and also Captain Underpants fans. So, yeah. Well, that's kind of nice that there's a much younger superhero fan film, so younger kids can also enjoy the very large and fast-growing genre. Alejandra, since there was more than just one comic book, a lot more than just one, would you say they could make a sequel and still keep the same amount or even more quality? I think that this film was based... It, it was based on Compton Underpants about the story and the background, but it wasn't really based on one of those stories. It was kind of another plot, and I think if they're going to do another film, a sequel to this, they should do it based on a story, on a, on a story of, of a book. You know, I can see why they did it. So people who read the comic book aren't just reading another exact copy of the comic book. But I agree, it would be kind of nice to see one of the adventures from comic book to 3D animation. It would just be kind of interesting. So, yeah. guys, thank you so much for talking to me about the new Captain Underpants film. Thanks for having us. Thank you. No problem. If you'd like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Boy and Dinosaur. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry Ors, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we were talking about the films captain underpants the first epic movie and also diary of wimpy kid the long haul but now we're going to be talking about another animated film, and this one is called The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About Camping. We're going to be talking with Alejandra. So Alejandra, tell us about this. Uh, it's a series of different episodes, right, about Cat in the yes. Hat teaching about camping. So tell us about it. These episodes of The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About Camping 
I think they they have a very um, positive impact on children that watch it because yes, there's lots to it that that attract kids to it, but also the lessons they teach. Um, this um, the episodes are based on camping, and they teach kids how to play while they're camping and have fun while not um, damaging their environment. I think that's very important because a lot of campers kind of don't really care about the environment, just do whatever they want. Of course, there's a lot who do, but there is that percentage that just kind of takes advantage of the environment. It's a very fragile place, so that's very good of them to teach it. Mm-hmm. So what type of things do they teach, like, specifically? Um, they teach that um, if you're going to eat um, and, like, while you're outside, to throw your trash away to not be um, messing around with the trees and that kind of stuff. Though, like, they try to tell kids to not do these things so they, they don't harm the environment and they don't harm themselves. Well, that is just great, great lessons. Yeah, it's very good. And it's so unique, too. Not a lot of things talk about that, and it's very important lessons no, to learn. Really. And what is, what is very good about it is that they teach, like, very little kids, and they, te- they grow up with that message. So they don't, you know, so it affects their lives. Speaking of very little kids, what age range would you give this series? Um, I would give it um, from three years old to six. So you'd say it's definitely meant for the younger kids who... Yes, meant for the younger audience. I see. And what do you think of the animation? Because the Canada Hats uh, animations always have a very unique and bright and colorful type. Yes, they do. Although, and it, that is one of the reasons why children are so attracted to it because of how colorful and how pretty are the not not only the characters but the illustrations. Though, I mean, it was camping and like the grass and like the the tents, like everything was very well illustrated and very unique. You don't see these types of illustrations everywhere. Yeah, you know, hand drawn animation is so rare and it's such just a it's like a diamond now to see hand drawn animation. So that's very nice to see. Yes. So what do you think of the voiceover acting? Because it, even though it's hand-drawn, it still needs voiceover. We have people like Alexa Torrington playing Sally and Jacob Ewanick. I'm so sorry for mispronounce your last name playing Nick. So what did you think of their performances? Um, like I said, um, um, according to Captain Underpants, I feel that um, while they were illustrating these characters, they looked for voices that were appropriate for each character. So for the kind of hat, I feel that the voice uh, or the actor that, that portrays it fits, it fits in perfectly. It gives the character life. You know, something I like that some animated films and series do, not all, all of them, they actually design the characters based off the voice over actor, actors, yeah. which I really like. And that like. helps so much. That helps a lot because it, it's just that it's meant to be, you get me? It, it doesn't feel out of place since it's illustrated based on the, on the actor. It's, it fits perfectly. Yeah, and it, it just kind of gives a more personal, more real-life feel, which I really love. Mm-hmm. So, how many stars would you give this DVD? Um, I would give it five, of five, five out of five stars. I would. I think it's very well done for kids, and I think it does a very, very job um, to attract kids. Very, very cool. And what do you think about the different stories? Because I'm sure it's not just lessons after lessons. There's some sort of story, right? No, no, obviously. There's um plots. You know what I mean? Um, in the first episode, they kind of have, along with the two kids, they go off to find the, uh, the other cats. So there's 
like different plots that lead to the lessons in each episode. But it's not only the lesson; it's the plot also that make that makes a kid have fun and entertaining to watch. And would you say the lesson is well kind of integrated, or do you feel like it's a little out of the way? No, yes, obviously. Um, there's like there's different types of plots or different type of um stories in each episode, but I feel that. They, I mean, the lesson they don't, they don't tell it to you like in your face. It's kind of like integrated with the plot, and you kind of reflect on it. Very good. I think that is a wonderful way to educate kids, and I'm glad that they do it, especially with such a, a known character like the Cat in the Hat. Yes, totally. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this uh, DVD. For our viewers, if you would like to check it out, it is now available. So definitely check that out. Next, we're going to be talking to Jolene about Transformers Robot in the Skies. So, Jolene, tell us what you thought about this Transformers short story. I really like the animations for this Transformers movie because um, there's a lot of battle scenes in this movie. And usually in um, animations for young children, when there's a battle scene, all they would put is like, a cloud and then body parts flying everywhere but they actually um, did the detail and showed all the details of the battle scenes and I thought it was really cool and they also taught um, valuable lessons about teamwork and those are really important. Well that is very very true it is important to always learn lessons like we were just talking about in the last segment of the cat in the hat but compared to other Transformers like the feature films that are still being made in the past series how do you think it stands? Um, this one stands, it's different from the other ones because the other ones are for older audiences. But even though this one is for younger audiences, it still captures the same, the same type of flair that all the Transformers movies have, but just toning it down so it's not as violent or or um, confusing for the younger children. That is good to hear. And what Transformer would you say is your favorite? Um, my favorite Transformer is probably Bumblebee because um, he's very caring for his team and um, he's, he'll, he'll sacrifice his life for anyone on the team. And I think that he has a really good heart. You know, I don't know why, but Bumblebee was also always my favorite. He was just, in my opinion, one of the best. and Just such a nice character to see develop through the different films and TV shows of the Transformers series. Now, what? since this is a series, what would you say your favorite part is? Um, my favorite part is, like, whenever they come together and think of a plan. For example, um, for this polar bear Decepticon, they all came together and brainstormed everything and they executed the plan perfectly and it was so pleasing to see everyone just be so happy that they, they got the Decepticon. Well, that sounds really cool. And you said earlier that it's more meant for younger kids. So what age range would you give it? Um, I think this is for the ages of 5 to 12. Because, like, the battle scenes aren't that violent as the other Transformers movies. So I think this would be better for them to watch. I see. But if they're still fighting, like, do you still see the actual Transformers fighting each other? Yeah. Yes, you do. But it's not as graphic, I guess, and violent. And 
you know, as more detailed as the real Transformers for older children. It's more toned down and more just punches and kicks. And what would you say about the animation? Because it is different from the other ones. Yes. Um, the animation is really good. I, I really like it because um, you can actually see the details of stuff instead of just um, blank blank spaces where it's you can't really see anything and it's very like general and blank and like you can see that it's a bit more 3d i guess well that's very interesting because it is a 2d it is 2d though right it is like 2d animation yes but like you can see them turn around or flip and then they use all the space they can get and don't make it very simple you can tell they put a lot of effort into it well, that is very tricky to do to the animation, so that's very impressive and good to see. Yes. Now, how many stars would you give it? I give it five out of five stars because it teaches a good lesson and it's um, very entertaining to watch. Well, that is very good. Thank you so much for talking to me about Transformers Robotics in Disguise. Thank you for talking to me. Of course. For our viewers, if you'd like to check it out, it's now available now, so definitely to look into it. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this week's show is sponsored by Boy and Dinosaur. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Yo ho, yo ho, what movie's like for me? Welcome ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Keeper Blakesley and this is Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now I'm here with the wonderful Morgan and Clayton talking about the new and last pilot, uh, edition of the Pilots of the Caribbean trilogy. Dead Man Tell No Tale, so we're happy to have you two on the show. Let's get right into it, shall we? So, um, Clayton, let's be honest. What did you think about this film, and did you feel like it is it's a wonderful addition to this series? Um, I feel like it's one of the best Pirates of the Caribbean's, actually. Compared really? to, like, yeah, compared to other movie sequels, 
Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales is surprisingly, like, it flows very well and keeps an exciting pace. I have to agree. That was one of the best. I absolutely loved it. It actually had really awesome 3D. If you go and see an IMAX 3D, I would definitely recommend it. And it was just fantastic. And you saw it and you were, like, on the edge of your seat the entire time. I fell in love and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I want to just jump on the screen. Wow, I'm very happy to surprise you enjoyed it. Now, um, Clayton, what do you feel like brought the magic back? Because Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know about you, was, is one of my favorite Disney flicks. I loved, I grew up watching it, and I, I still love it to this day. But what do you feel that this film did to not only bring back the magic of the original, but also give it a fresh new twist? So, it has a lot of otherworldly visual effects compared to any other recent movie that came out. It just has amazing visual effects and the CGI is out of this world and it also has a lot of humor. It's the most humorous one, I feel like. And what about you, Morgan? What did you think of it? I would definitely have to agree. And I also really like the fact that you got to figure out about how Captain Jack Sparrow got his name Captain Jack Sparrow and how you figure out who he became, who he was. And you've got like a lot of mysteries answered. And Johnny Depp really played the character of Jack Sparrow with perfection. And you could really tell the graphics were spot on. Everything, everybody just really put their heart into this part. And everybody just, you could tell. They loved what they were doing. And they really just all mended the bond, wrapped it together. And you could just tell that they were all happy to be there. And they were really putting their hearts and souls into this film. And uh, yeah. also, uh, the thing that makes it really new is out of all the other uh, Pirates of the Caribbean films, this one utilizes the most mythological elements because of the Trident and Poseidon and the backstory of all that. Yeah, it really did. It did a lot of that. That's absolutely fascinating. I'm glad we go more into the lore of pirates and the pirateology of it all because we went from last time, we went from the Fountain of Youth and we went to Davy Jones' Locker and just all these mystical aspects, which was a great addition to the lore of this, of this well, not trilogy anymore, of this franchise. Now, uh, we have, not only is Johnny Depp amazing, he's he's an icon with this character, we also have great characters like Javier Bardem, who plays the uh, an undead captain, or Jeffrey Rush, who I love, who plays Barbosa. Um, tell us about uh, other supporting characters. Um, Clayton, we'll start with you. The other supporting characters. I feel like the new Captain Salazar, the new villain, is like perfect. Javier Bardem is just, like, he aces his performance just like just like Johnny Depp did, and I feel like this new villain is just so different and new compared to any other villain in Pirates of the Caribbean. It was sort of like a fresh new like, air. <clears throat> and what about you, Morgan? I would have to agree, definitely. The cast is simply fascinating. The way that they were able to bring it all together is just terrific. You were able to really see the bonds, the connection, and all the characters really were able to bring everything together. And Jeffrey Rush was Captain Hector Barbosa did a fantastic job. We also have a really cool witch in the scenes as well, who is terrific. We have all kinds of different characters who just really bring all kinds of different storylines and 
amazing things into the story. Like Orlando Bloom, who plays Will Turner, yep. and so many different people. And you're just able to watch them, and you can really tell what they're feeling, with their emotions. And I really like the way that they were able to leave you with questions at the end. So you do have to watch the end of the movie. To, it's after the credits, so make sure you stay. Definitely. Go to uh, classic Disney. Stay after the credits to see the mystery after credits scene. We don't want to spoil anything. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by My Little Pony, Twilight, and Starlight. We're going to be continuing the show talking about everything, everything, uh, Octonauts, rescue missions. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan and Clayton about Pirates of the Caribbean. So, um, Clayton, um, tell me about, about the story because we, we touched upon that we reveal a bit more, uh, we reveal a bit more of the mystery of Captain Jack Sparrow, but is there anything else in here that you want to add? So, at the beginning of the film, Captain Jack Sparrow is presumed dead and he resurfaces in the most, like, humorous way. And Captain Salazar is, uh, Sparrow's like oldest nemesis and he tries to take revenge on him by unleashing these like crazy CGI visual effect like ghost pirates that just are hell-bent on killing him so it's just cr crazy. What would you say is your favorite well yeah what is your favorite scene in this film? Morgan what was your favorite scene? Oh you put me on a tough one right there I actually really liked all the scenes, but I have to say that one of my favorite scenes would have to be the one where you actually got to find out how Captain Jack Sparrow became who he was. And you got to see, like, the scenes behind everybody, and you got to, like, really find the backstory behind that. I thought that was really cool, because you could really see everything, and you got to find out between all of that, and, like, see how everybody became everybody and what led them to all the enemies and everything that led them to what they want to do. Mm. So I think that really brought like a lot of interest into that. And like anybody who has questions that like answers a lot of them. So I think that really made me happy. And I was really excited to see that scene. Very cool. And then um, Clayton, what would you say is your favorite scene in the film? Oh, my favorite scene is at the start of the film when Captain Jack and his crew were trying to steal, like, a new impenetrable bank, like, safe. And they just, they hook it, uh, the, the safe up to, like, a few horses and everything. And they try to pull the safe out of, like, the building. But they just bring the entire building with them and they're going down the street with the entire building. Get Everyone's getting out of the way of this entire chase scene. It's really hilarious. Well, it sounds like this movie does have all the great effects and props and, again, amazing action that really was this, what this franchise is known for. It's amazing action. It's amazing visuals. Now, what did you, Clayton, I want to go back to this. Uh, what did you feel like that this film did that the other sequels failed at? Because even though I love Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, they, the sequels, sadly, as they continued, I believe, lacked in some aspects. What may, what brought this one back? I feel like it just flowed so well, and the CGI was, I feel like, was like a lot better in this film compared to the other ones. And I feel like it was just a lot more like detailed and like kept you your eyes glued onto the screen more than other parts of the Caribbean films. Well, good to know. I'm very, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that because I was, I was excited for this film, but I also had, I was skeptical of whether the story would be able to do as well as the previous films. So that's very good. And Morgan, tell us about the action in this film. 
Oh, the action of this film is terrific, honestly. You cannot take your eyes off of it. Like, some of the best scenes were the sword fighting scenes when they had all the different sword fights and everything, and Captain Salazar and all, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow or Captain Hector Barbosa and Captain Jack Sparrow where all of them are fighting against each other, or Kayla Scalazaro, sorry if I mispronounced that, who... Carla Smith, Karina Smith, sorry. She was fantastic. They're all like fighting and they're all doing the bank robbing scene. I had to love that. That was a really good, awesome scene that they did. And um, you really loved that. And they were all like trying to find out what they were doing. And you like could see all the action packed scenes where they were sword fighting and they were trying to do all kinds of different things. And you just were loving it. Fantastic. Well, Clayton, how many stars did you give this, and what would you say is your age range? Um, I'd actually give this five out of five stars, and the age range, I'd give 10 to 18 years old, like a mature 10-year-old, a mature 10-year-old. Definitely, because there's a lot of action in this film that could be a bit too dark for some younger kids. And Morgan, how many stars would you give this film? I would say that I would probably give it the age range of 12 if they're if they can be able to deal with violence and stuff like I agree definitely, but also there is like a couple of scenes where Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow, is pretending to be really drunk. Yeah. So there's a little bit of scenes like that, but if they can deal with it, you know, other than that, it's really funny. But there's also the ghosts, you know, so the you know the graphics might scare some of the younger kids. So I would say yeah. a good uh, twelve year old and up. So How many stories would you give it? I would definitely give this five out of five sailing ships. Definitely. Well, wonderful. Thank you, YouTube, for talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tale. If you want to go check out this film, it is in theaters now, so please go check it out. Without said, thank you so much for listening to Kids Fest Coming Attractions. To check out more of our reviews and also red carpet and press junket events, please go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube page of the same name, Kids First. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>